It's time for the No Shot Clock Podcast. We're talking the biggest stories in Illinois high school basketball. Now, here are your hosts, Michael O'Brien of the Chicago Sun-Times and Joe Hendrickson of the City Suburban Boost Report. Good afternoon, everybody, or I said good morning or good evening or whatever time you are listening to the podcast as we record this on a Monday afternoon. Michael O'Brien, you went through the public league uh, playoffs, uh, covered it pretty well, I might add. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. We're going to have our two-take segment. We're going to also, our segment today is our own personal Q&A. We just came up with a bunch of questions, and Mike and I have a little multiple-choice uh, possibilities that we'll each select one answer to some questions that are pertinent to the season up to this point and a couple listener questions. So we, uh, fresh off that city city championship this weekend, Mike. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good one. I'll talk a little bit more in my take, but uh, it was a fun, fun week overall. I guess I would say that until the finals, though, it, was, it wasn't quite up to some of the other. Um, city tournaments I've covered. There weren't some great crowds at the early games I went to. It might have just been what I chose, but um, it's pretty wild to think the city tournament's already over and uh, we're, we're going on in. we got the road to the playoffs all out, so that's exciting. I know everybody took a look, and I will hit that in a lot of our questions as well, um, kind of a to begin to preview, I guess, uh, which should be a really exciting few weeks. Yeah, and then we'll come back next week, and I guess it'll be regional time, and we will be... Firing on all cylinders for state tournament. Yeah, I guess we should maybe talk about that. Um, there was some debate on Twitter about the format with all of the all of the classes playing all of the like regional semifinal games on the same night. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your feeling on that? There's all kinds of scheduling quirks in this new setup that I don't like. Um, I, I don't really. I guess there's no big deal if they're playing the opening playing games on Saturday. It just seems weird. Yeah. Why not Why not just play them on Monday night like they used to? It, I don't know what the answer is. You know what? I, I just wondered about that. I saw something today that Monday's a holiday. A holiday that we don't know about? Yeah. Uh, I, I meant to check. <laughs> like something was going to be closed. So I'm wondering if maybe that's just for this year. Um, it's President's Day. <laughs> okay. So it, are like some schools closed or things... Yeah, but so maybe I mean, that's the issue. I'm wondering. Yeah, maybe. And I mean, maybe they, next year they, it'll be back they, to Monday. They play on other days when there's holidays, so that's yeah. Why. I know. I, I was just wondering. Uh, maybe that you know, I just yeah. I, I I don't. I mean, I I now they do play. They're all double headers. Yeah. So at least you see two games, but two games and for the fan, I guess two games in one night. For a person like myself, and they're both at the same regional, chances are I'm not going to see the teams I want. So I do miss out on a night of seeing a game I want to see. You know, the Tuesday, Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like the Tuesday, Wednesday. I like the higher seed. Then having a slight advantage, they get to play their game on Tuesday and then go watch to see who they're going to play that next night. And 
I, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of things with the scheduling that I am not real big on, um, including how champagne is set up, but I don't know. I'm going to try to stay positive. <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah. I like it. I like the, um, the double header. Um, I know it was that way in the early nineties, at least in the Joliet area. They did that. Um, well, yeah. And some of them, I mean, to that they've, I mean, every, I guess they've had their choices of how they've wanted to set up the regionals. There's been double headers even as, yeah, it wasn't yeah. uniformly across the board where everybody played Tuesday, Wednesday. Some would play Tuesday, some would play Wednesday, some would play two in one night. Uh, but I, I don't know, maybe like 3A on Tuesdays and 4A on Wednesday. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't make much sense, but it just seems like opportunity to see more basketball would be more fun and more spread out the stories. Uh, you know, my thing is, I mean, you'd be at a game Tuesday and Wednesday and we're shortchanging one story on, you know, highlighting a, yeah. a particular team or player or game that, that would otherwise get more attention because it's on a different night and we don't get that this year. I would assume that there will be issues and something will get canceled and played on <laughs> the other night. And, uh, well, I guess, uh, on the Thursday, I guess it can't be played Tuesday if, uh, um, we won't know yet if it's canceled. But yeah, I, I thought it was a little, I thought it was really unfair, kind of. I mean, to me, like, to get that whole day and get to watch, I mean, the difference between a four and five seed, you know, or it just doesn't, I, I don't know. I thought it was way too big of an advantage to have that extra day of planning and scouting and practice and that yeah. never sat right with me. So I like this, um, this change, but anyway, um, but yeah, I agree with your point. I mean, it does stink. We'll get to see two games, but yeah, there'll be a whole day of, um, unless something gets canceled. We shall see. Um, all right, let's get into these. Uh, I guess we'll start with these questions real quick. Um, these are just two left over, um, that were sent in after we recorded. I know I asked everybody for a bunch, so I did want to get to them. Um, they were left over from last week. Uh, the first one is from Rick. Uh, Rick says, with the IHSA laying out its tourney guidelines if teams have to forfeit, what are the testing protocols schools have to follow and what leads to them needing to forfeit? Yeah, I, I've just, you know, I've talked over the course of the year and everything is changing by the week, including the masks and all that. So I've just taken as it's district by district and I've heard different scenario or different protocols with different districts school districts. So I don't think there's a cross the board one protocol that everybody follows um, with testing or if someone gets sick or who, who goes and has to go get tested and things like that. I think it's just district to district. It's almost like we don't have a plan for this COVID. <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm guessing state tournament time, the, Slight colds <laughs> yeah. are going to be uh, put off. I just, just I'm no doctor, but it would be pretty impressive to see a, a stickler coach be like, "That's it, man. We're out." <laughs> yeah, call the team we beat yesterday. Get them in here. <laughs> oh boy, that's gonna be. Let's just let's hope we get. Well, for, fortunately, I've I, I have heard way less stories in the last week or two of teams being ill, teams being out, even forfeits or cancellations than we did yeah. is a month ago. 
Yeah, uh, when yeah, it, it, I was talking to people all the time, missing practices. We got four, Joe, we got four guys out this week of practice. I hope they can play Friday. I, you know, maybe it's still happening here and there, but I've heard less of it, which is great. Yeah, I can tell by the traffic <laughs> to my games that everybody's a lot healthier <laughs> in the area because it's a nightmare out there again, and it was uh, pretty good for most of the season, but uh, that's all over. All right, next question is from Danny. Um, Danny says some nice things about us and then says, uh, you've mentioned your frustration with forfeits across CPS. What would be a relatively easy list of changes CPS could implement to enhance the opportunities and exposure for student-athletes in the city? Uh, well, Danny, I would say that... The number one thing uh, is just basic schedules. Uh, CPS has tried over the last few years has tried to use Max Preps as their website, and to me that's just a huge fail. Uh, it does it's just not working. Um, you will see some rosters on there. You will see some results, but as I wish the IHSA did, the greatest thing this sport could do is to have a darn website where you could find reliable schedule information that would be huge from college coaches to normal fans to everyone that would be the easiest quickest number one thing to do because even i don't know what time these games are i have to text the coaches to find out what times games start and most people can't text the coaches (laughs) you know it's ridiculous right um the the other thing i'd do uh Easy. I would have a really nice website with not just schedules, but with the rosters and scores. And I'd try to keep stats up there. I mean, I think that'd be a money-making thing. If you had a website with stats like who the leading scorers are in the city, you'd get really good traffic. Uh, you could probably find a sponsor. Uh, that would be super valuable to the kids. College coaches would be on there all the time. You know, general fans were. It would really increase interest. You know, it starts before you know, the scheduling, though. It starts with organization. And I think that's been a hindrance in the public league for years and, you know, from the top all the way down and you know, not just at the top. Um, just a, 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 con, a consistent organized fashion from year to year. And they have just not been able to, to really hit on that. And that leads to some of the things we're talking about. It, um, I have to say it was really impressive um, this weekend the new uh, David Rosengard is the new head of CPS, and wow, um, they ran that event like a top-notch college event. Uh, I have my complaints about the start times and some stuff, but there were communications people that set up press conferences. They asked us who we wanted to talk to. They brought the people back into a nice actual press conference room. Uh, they had rosters for everybody. They didn't charge for them. So many little things they did. You can see that they planned this event. Now, remember, they had this scheduled at the start of the year. We knew where it was going to be, and we knew when, which is not something that's happened in years. And they do have a website. They're starting right now. It's up. It's kind of in beta. But they're trying to do some of these things. I'm seeing some movement that I have not seen ever um, from CPS. So if these people stay in place, which is always a big if, it seems to be a lot of turnover there. I think it could be a really good thing. Uh, I mentioned on Twitter, they answer my questions when I ask, which is unbelievable. They never used to do that. And, and Rosengard, the head of the HSA, or sorry, uh, CPS Sports, usually that guy puts on a nice suit and sits there like a politician. David Rosengard was literally, like, physically doing things. He was, like, setting up the medals, opening bags, getting water out. The guy was around working. 
the entire event. I mean, it was totally different feel from anything I've ever seen in CPS. Yeah, that's what I mean. We've dealt with things of changing dates and games while the tournament's going on. Yeah. In, in years. So yeah, it's, it's, um, that's a big plus. And it even, they even brought the Craig Anderson from the IHSA out. Yeah. To the pu- public league. Yeah, I saw uh, Craig there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, so. was, he, they, they, he has come before. That isn't, um, Mm-hmm. Super rare. I guess my other, if you want my big idea, Danny, I've probably told this to a few people. I mean, to me, CPS has so much land in this city and they have so many schools that it's very political right now. They aren't shutting schools, but they, the enrollment is way down and there are so many schools that need, frankly, to be shut down and consolidated and CPS needs to pick a location and build an arena. It needs to be for multi, hopefully multiple sports. Focus should be basketball and it should be in a location where they can make money all year long. They can have concerts there. They can do anything like a normal, like Wintrust would do. They could do. And I, I think in the long run, it would pay for itself to have a home like that for CPS sports, which is what we initially thought Wintrust was going to be. And then, you know, Rom pulled something and with the TIFF money and it isn't, but to me, that would just be an, a huge thing for CPS sports for people to know where to go every year. And it wasn't all this, Oh, what are you going to do? And, and I really do think if they hired the right person and put them in charge in the end, you'd make money at that place. How big is your CPS arena? Uh, I think Wintrust is the perfect size. So what is that? Like oh, 10? that big? Yeah. I was, I was thinking more like five. Yeah. I mean, you could do that and that would be fine. It, you'd probably get a, a different level of concert thing too. Maybe that we don't really have in the city. So that could work. Um, but yeah, to, to me, with the land they have, there's such an opportunity there, you know, that you could really do something cool and, you know, bring in all sorts of other stuff, you know, during the year. We we don't really have anywhere for tennis. This, I'm going crazy. You know what I mean? That, it, there's a lot of things you could do here that we don't kind of get in Chicago um, that they could do and it'd be really neat. But anyway. Oh, a take before the take. Yeah. What are you going to do? Uh, uh, let's, uh, you want to start off with your take, Joe? Yeah. I, my first one is a little of a negative one, but do you know at the conclusion of the city championship and this week, do you know what? And I'll, I'll lead it into Simeon's loss. All right. They lost in the semifinals. And this isn't, I don't, I'm not taking anything away from Simeon's potential as a state champion in 3A. That's not what this is about. But do you know what I lost a little luster for following this past week? No. The upcoming game. Oh, the <laughs> the Glenbar West Simeon game. Yeah. Really, kind of the buzz is kind of. You ever plan something way ahead of time and you think it's going to be a lot of fun? You can't wait for it, <laughs> and then you get close to that night and you're like, "Ugh, I don't feel like doing it." And, and it's no fault of Glenbard West or Simeon, and I might be on an island by myself when I'm saying this, but because of, you know, when, when the state parents come out, it's just like, to me, all right, let's move on. Conference races don't matter as much. Uh, conference tournaments that are played never matter to me. Uh, and then the public league playoffs, boom, a lot of, you know, a lot of interest. It was a buzz TV game. You know, Simeon wasn't a part of it. Simeon already lost in the semis. 
and it's like we're ready to move on to the next big thing, which is the state playoffs. And we got this thing kind of forced right before it. It's going to be great. I mean, I, I, I get it. It's two, it's two great teams and I was all for it. it was, that was somewhat my idea, but I, I, now that it's yours and maybe I feel different if Simeon won the city. I probably would. Uh, I think it'd be a, a bigger marquee even than we thought it would be. But I just personally, from a personal standpoint, lost a little bit of excitement for that matchup, which, I mean, in reality, it's the 3A favorite and the 4A favorite, so it should not be any less important, but it just feels that way to me. I'm sorry, Joe. Yeah, I have not lost any um hope. You know, I, I think I said in the last podcast, I was kind of hoping Simeon didn't win the city <laughs> because it might ruin the state tournament. So I was kind of okay with them losing. I'm, but I totally agree with your... Um, the playoff thing that once that comes out, we we say this every year on the podcast. Once those that the road to state comes out, nothing else matters. It, nothing else seems important. And I will, for the one millionth time, say that they shouldn't do it. They should do it just like they do football. And as soon as the regular season is over, they should have a television show where they announce that thing and go thing by thing it should be a big deal we should all be learning it saturday night just like we do with football and it wouldn't be ruining the last you know two weekends of the season i I think it's ridiculous yeah and and i had to look but i this seems like the latest it's been maybe it's because the week cut short does yeah you're right uh so it's even more pronounced where like okay now we're really inching closer to it let's get to it but yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I, I mean, prior things that I was told and heard when, when it was seated earlier and announced earlier was gives time to coaches to go scout and, eh, we won't even just go play them, you know? I mean, you'll have a couple of days if they do it Saturday and start whatever. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand why. I mean, imagine how stupid football would feel if they did that. You know, it would also ruin the last couple of weeks of football. I, yeah, I don't. I, I mean, I, I I get how it's, you know, apples and oranges because of the, the qualifying part of it. You know, you got to wait through the the weekend. There's really no other choice for football. But I I mean, I don't know. I mean, basketball. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's really no rhyme or reason why we have to do it early, other than I, mean, I don't know. They, they can have it already. Just don't, you know, they can do the seeds at the same time. They can have everything they have right now. They're just not going to tell us till Saturday night. And why don't they make a big deal of it? Why do they shove it out on the website with no real announcement on a Friday? 3.30 and... At a Friday news dump time. Why? Yeah. It's your premier event. Why don't you treat it like it's special? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no question. I mean, so it's... so weird. Yeah, I don't... But that's been the whole issue we've talked for years about, a lack of marketing for... Yeah. You know, I know they don't have a, per se, a marketing department, but there's little things you can do here and there that do pump up your sport, that shine a light on it more than they do, uh, to create even more of a buzz and excitement. And that's just one of the little things you could. Yeah. I mean, we would do, Joe and I, Joe's got a story that's going to go up tomorrow on it, but, and I try to do some quick things on Twitter, but it's in the middle. I'm literally usually at a game or driving to a game when it comes out. So I, we don't even have a story in the paper the next day about it. Yeah. Right, and it, and and you're busy all weekend going to games. Yeah, so I couldn't even write it until Sunday. Yeah, it, it's really it, weird. Yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I, I need to take. <laughs> Sorry, that was I got in on that one too. That was uh, uh, that was good. Um, my my take. I'll just uh, wrap up kind of this. My thoughts on the um, city tournament. I, I think if you went back and listened to last week's podcast, Joe and I were both really not into it. <laughs> the city tournament. We basically said we weren't. Um, I was not into it. Um, it just didn't feel. A lot. Boy, did I feel stupid on Saturday. Um, well, even Thursday. I mean, there was a great crowds. It felt like a big time event, you know, especially Saturday. We had the mayor there and the chief of police and Jesse White and tons of college stars. Io was there with, you know, people. I saw Lucas Williams and a bunch of other people. And it was a great crowd. Young, to their credit, brought a really great student section that really made the thing feel special. And it was awesome. It was a, it was definitely one of the biggest and best nights of the year. And I feel really silly for having downplayed it um, a few days before. Yeah, the Whitney Young crowd is is a huge. I mean, think about this, Mike. If, and again, it's in this story that's coming out, and I, I I meant to even write about this, and I didn't. If the top teams are, and again, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but if the number one seeds, the highest ranked teams, all make it in four A, all right, you got Whitney Young, which is, I think we can agree, is by far the largest public league crowd that could possibly make it to Champaign of all the contenders. Glenbard West, which we've seen what's happened with their crowds. Glenbrook South, which draws well. And it would be a new experience, and it's always a bigger crowd when it's a first-timer. And Normal, which, if you remember, when Normal, the year they beat Simeon in the Super uh, year escapes me five, six years ago. Their crowd was massive in Peoria. If those are your four, four A schools, wow. Now, granted, they're going to be playing on Friday morning at 10 a.m., but, <laughs> um, <laughs> that's another story for me. But yeah, that's going to be, um, you know, we'll see which, which teams get there. Um, I'm going to stay right with your public league. Just Whitney Young, real quick. I, you know, I, I think we've learned a lesson. Uh, just fans in general, media, whoever, that you gotta just kind of quit guessing what Whitney Young is from year to year. We we know they're always going to be a, not always, but more or less, we know they're going to be a top ten, top five team program. They have been for, I don't know, over a decade. And the the losses tend to pile up here and there. And I, I've written, I'm going to be writing about this. I can't remember what's up, what's not. But I, I talk a little bit about this in my three pointer column. You know, everybody's playing national schedules, quote unquote national schedules. I, I just want to say that not every single team that plays teams from out of state are playing what I would call a national schedule. Yes, they're playing teams from out of state. Names that we don't, many of us don't even know, but they're not all really good. Doesn't mean they're all good. More or less, every single time Whitney Young leaves the state, they're going to a premier event against a top-notch team, nationally ranked, whatever. Occasionally, there'll be a team I don't really I'm not familiar with. But my point is this: is you really like we were a little bit unknown of just how the, I didn't pick them to get to the championship game. I certainly didn't pick them to win it. I think we both had, you know, a Simeon Kenwood rematch and you just kind of, 
you can't have a certain expectation with Young. And then they had other factors this year with injuries and uh, things like that with Dylan Davis and Daniel Johnson out. But I guess this take is just – the take is you just aren't – you can't roll Whitney Young out. And, and particularly by the time it gets to this point in the season with the schedule they put together and the one loss record doesn't matter uh, because they've proven it again. You know, uh, they have gone and ripped through the public league and it was a winnable public league this year without a dominant team. And they did the job. And now all of a sudden, two weeks ago, we weren't really talking about Whitney Young as far as a, I don't know. I mean, there's always a chance that he get hot in March and get to Champagne, but heck right now <laughs> they just beat the two teams in their way, you know? Um, and who knows? They maybe end up there in, in Champagne. Yeah. The, um, it was the butt whooping by Glenbird West. You know, they, they didn't, they just looked horrible in that game. And maybe it was that locker room conversation, uh, that, that <laughs> yeah. we set us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at, at Bennett that night, Mike and I were almost joking. Mike was waiting for a quote from Coach Slaughter, and I was bouncing back and forth between the game that was being played and in the hallway, and I kept coming out, and Mike was sitting there still, and sitting there, and sitting there, and the, and the little helpers from Bennett were sitting at the door waiting for him to come out. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was an hour, I think. Yeah, there was, was a there? lot to discuss. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, so, it yeah, was a long it, 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 there, there was some disgust with Young internally with that performance, with that game, and the outcome, and kind of the the immediate listlessness that happened when they got down. Yeah, uh, they just didn't fight and scratch and claw at all once they got when Glenbard West got them down double digits. So, uh, I you know I, I still they still got their weaknesses, they still got their their issues that could come creep up and get bite them in, in, in the sectional play, super sectional, and not get to Champagne because their road's pretty good. Our road's pretty tough. Uh, that, they're going to be some really good teams. But, boy, I think we do view them a little differently than we we, we did three, three or four weeks ago. No doubt. They're back to that team I thought they were um, in the preseason when they were number two. So that's exciting. We needed um, a public league team to step up like that. I, I honestly thought they were going to lose that Hyde Park game sitting there and young had been up most of the game. They had a double digit lead and Hyde park just roared back at the end. And it looked like they were roaring all the way to a win, but uh young stepped up and held him off. There were some really bad calls though. Um, in that game, um, I, I will say there were about four calls that were kind of crazy in both of young's wins against Hyde park and Kenwood that really helped out. And Mike Irvin went off on it. I, I could have had a whole story in the newspaper. Um, about that one. Uh, Jameer Dismukes is a little bit more uh, politically correct on the record, but uh, there, there's a lot of tension over those calls in the public league right now. They think that um, Young was quite fortunate at the key moments, which who knows, you know, that's how it goes. Um, I will I wanted to say one thing about your other um, take or the, the crowd thing. Kenwood, they will also bring a nice crowd um, if they make it. So I think we have a really good shot if those teams you mentioned advance to Peoria and it's either Young or Kenwood, or sorry, <laughs> advance to Champaign, because Kenwood, man, they they might have had more people. Um, they, they played in the girls' title game, Kenwood, which was right before the boys and went well into the start time of the boys. Kenwood might have had, actually had more fans there for the girls' game than Young did 
um, for either one. They did not have the standing student section, though. You know, yeah. it, it was not like that. And and, and they both the, the, there are two schools, two programs, two athletic departments that do some self promotion within you know yeah. I mean their own, which isn't a common occurrence in the public league. So that you know that in itself is, is a big plus for 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 a team that's got a shot to. There's just this um, stereotype or stigma of oh the public league won't bring anybody or the public league team there's going to be 110 people there from the city and with those two it's a little different than other years yeah it all comes down to the principles i mean you know joyce kenner young is very involved and kenwood's uh, newish principal is all in on sports and is that i mean she's on the sideline of the football games <laughs> when i'm there i've gotten to know her a little bit i mean you don't see that um very often maybe you see it at taft some other places but but yeah so man it's exciting if things go well champagne's going to be a, a really fun saturday at least um my take, uh, second take here is uh, Isaiah Green, sophomore, Hillcrest. Uh, we've kind of had our eye on him all season. Uh, it's a name we knew going in, and I just feel like it's one of those things that just hasn't happened this year for me, really, is when you go to a game and you, a young kid steps up and shows you that he's going to be a star. You know, it's something that, it's one of my favorite things. You know, it's great when you go to your Friday night, Saturday game, and you see that. And it just hasn't happened much this season at all. And I got to see that Friday night. He was spectacular. Um, and you know, he's going, it was going against Lamont and Anoyas Indrositis, who, who was also great, but there's not the difference there that I thought there was and that everybody thought there was. I think Isaiah Green is going to be a high major player. I think he's going to be a star. Uh, he's just got it. And he's just beginning to show it. Some of the passes that he was whipping off. Uh, I mean, the, the shooting it was incredible in the stretch. The steals, the defense. I mean, he has it all. He's got everything you need. I'm really excited to see him the rest of the season to see if he can kind of keep this up at a high level and what might happen with him over the spring and summer. Yeah, I, you know, it was interesting on a different level. Two well-known names. I was Friday watching Friday night. Uh, DeAndre Craig and Ahmad Henderson. Terrific Chicago Catholic League game at Mount Carmel. Uh, went to overtime. Brother Rice had it. Mount Carmel came back. Both teams in need of a win. And, and the two stars, two juniors, which is great because it gives us yeah. something to watch in the <laughs> offseason and rev up for next 2021, 2022, or what year is this? Whatever, 2023 <laughs> season. You know, I they were terrific. And having them both back, kind of duking it out against each other in the Catholic League again, that's going to be fun next year. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that was uh... – a glad i did that's the game i was going to go well it was, it was a few games i was going to go to but that one went into overtime and it would have been a a rough one for me yeah uh, for sure yeah. but i'm sure that was fun it's got a nice energy in there doesn't it i was at the mount carmel ignatius game yeah i was surprised at yeah the lack of mount carmel brought it i mean the the, the, the students the kid, you know we were raving it's funny we were i thought of it because we raved about the, oh, the brother crusader Rice. crazies and brother Rice. And it was, I was a little disappointed. I mean, I was a little surprised, I guess, that there weren't more Brother Rice, uh, students and fans and to make it kind of more of a, it was a great environment, you no, know, regardless. And Tracy Abrams had his number retired and it was pretty cool. But, uh, we're, we're going to get into this segment, Mike, and, and, you know, to explain it real quick, quick to the listeners, what we did is Mike and I, or I came up with a, just a host of questions and Mike, pick two potential answers. I pick two potential answers, kind of make our own ABCD multiple choice questions 
to these or answers to these questions. And we're just gonna go through them, and we're gonna pick one. We're each gonna pick one of uh, the answers. And if we pick the same one, we haven't discussed who we are picking. But if um, you know we pick the same, we'll pick the same. But our first one is the biggest surprise team of this 2021-22 season. And our four options we came up with, Leo, Hillcrest, Wheaton, Warrenville South, and Larkin. Mike, of those four, who'd you, who'd you go with? I'm going to go with Wheaton, Warrenville South. I um did not expect them to be a legit top 10 team. <laughs> I clearly didn't have them ranked. But I, we've, I've mentioned many times on the podcast, you know, they've got some guys who can who can really score this year, which kind of sets them apart from Mike Healy's teams, which always play really good defense, but sometimes don't have that scoring pop. And I think they're the, I mean, they're obviously going to be a very dangerous uh, out in the playoffs, and, and I think they've just been so much better than I expected. Yeah, I, I mean, I I had high, I mean, they're much better than I thought. I did have some high hopes for that team. I, I had seen kind of what they had coming back. They had a great summer. And, um, they had a shot of winning that league, even though the talk was St. Charles North and Batavia when the season started in the Duquesne, they just rough shot 13 and 0. So yeah, my, mine is Leo though. Uh, I, I just think here I am two weeks in a row, just praising Leo after I was accused of not liking <laughs> yeah. Leo, but no, I, I, I just think what they have continued to do, if you would have told me that Leo is going to be 13 and 0, in the Catholic League this year, I don't know what I would have bet against. I would, I would have, I don't have bet anything. They weren't going to run the table in the Catholic League with the likes of St. Rita. I mean, the way we were talking about St. Rita in the beginning of the year and, and the seasons that Mount Carmel has had and the DePaul preps and Ignatius and all. I mean, that is crazy to be 13 to know, um, at this point. So, and, you know, I, with what they've done here down the stretch, they're, they're a clear state title favorite right yeah i mean oh, no they, they gotta be yeah and they just won a very under the radar game uh beating what's the what's the town mount, uh, scales mount scales yeah mount. scales mount yeah. which was the number one or two team in class 1a yeah uh they play it's just a, that's a really where was that game played indian creek it was a shootout man that's pretty cool yeah definitely i mean just completely different geographical areas and meeting that late in the season and with those records. So yeah. So Leo, you're my surprise. Um, our next one, the best team, the best team outside Michael O'Brien's current top 25. Our options we put together, St. Rita, Marian Catholic, St. Ignatius and Lake forest. Who are you going with there? Uh, this is a tough one for me. Uh, <laughs> I think it's St. Rita. I agree. Yeah. I now the Jaden Reyna yeah. news is big. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's huge. I I I love it. However, they have a well. People don't realize that watch St. Rita. Caden Space um, is a junior guard, and if you watched him all summer, he is a point guard. He he sees the floor. He pushes tempo. He puts pressure on a defense. He's going to get a whole lot more opportunities with the ball in his hands. So I think it'll, I mean, it's almost like an injury where somebody has, they're just stockpiled at that particular position. He's a little older, more seasoned. I, I think St. Rita with those, those two sophomore bigs, 
on this list are the best team outside the top 25. With me saying that, they could have the shortest run of the of the four in the postseason. I would not be surprised because of the sectional they're in compared to all these other teams. Yeah, uh, that that's pretty. De- the Iranian news was depressing. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah. Uh, and maybe I should rethink my. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Rita, but yeah. Um, well, that, that, yeah, that leads us right to what we were just talking about a little bit. The best team, the best team with the toughest road to get to Champaign. And with caveat being that they had to be a one or a two seed because they're the best team. What kind of road they face? Our options do Trier, Kenwood, Young, and Hillcrest. I, I'll start this one off. I went new Trier. I, I wrote about it here, uh, coming up in my post bracket breakdown article that's coming out i i i think that's a trick i mean they should handle i watched the nutrier liola game this is going to sound stupid i watched liola not (laughs) i watched liola not score until about 30 seconds left of the first half against nutrier back in november 20 something nutrier looked just like a million bucks right out of the gate first second or third game of the year and liola literally was down 20 to zero and did not score until seconds left in the first half and finished the half with either two points or three points. Now, anybody that watches Loyola, you know, you don't want to play Loyola. It's just, they always guard, defend. That's going to be a tough game with a wild atmosphere and crowd. They're playing at the Northfield campus. And that's four blocks, literally, literally from Loyola Academy, the New Shore Northfield campus. That's just the regional. Then you get Rolling Meadows and Camp Christie in the semifinal. You get Glenbrook South and Martinelli and Cooper Nord in the sectional final. And I've already forgotten about the super. Um, they are. I think uh, the they, it light, it light, it light, it, that, that's where it lightens up. Yeah. So I, I gave the edge, even though all four of these teams just got a gauntlet coming up. Yeah, I totally agree. That new Trier Loyola matchup, you're right. That that's a nightmare for them. It, it's worse because they've already played them too. And it's yeah. and it's a two six. It's not even a traditional two seven. I yeah, mean, New Trier got stuck playing the six seed because of the regional host thing. So it's way worse because uh, and they they just played really. Ma- it would be much better if they hadn't played any of these teams too. <laughs> you know, oh, I know they played them all. Yeah, that's just a horrible road. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I totally yeah. agree uh, about that the, one. The, the team outside the top twenty-five that can make the deepest state tournament run. I've talked a little bit about this in oh, when we were buying our stocks and things like that. But um, I just scrolled too far. Saint Ignatius. Lake Forest, Bennett, and Joliet West. Who's Mike going with? You know, clearly the smart answer is St. Ignatius. But Correct. Then, but then I was thinking, maybe it's not the smart answer, because that would be the one team on this list that keeps losing to teams they shouldn't. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. are, is that really the one you want to pick? Um, I'm going with Joliet West. I'm going with my guys. Uh, I think... I mean, it's just a different team than we've seen all year. They have, there is some worries. Jeremiah Fears, um, they picked up a little injury. Um, you know, Jaden Martin isn't back yet, but if everybody's healthy, we have not seen that team. They have never had Jaden Martin, Skylar Crudup, Toby, Ani Kanwu, and Jeremiah Fears, and Justice McNair all playing together. That hasn't existed yet. And I think it's a pretty, for, 
Bolingbrook's there. Oswego is there. But I think if this team is fully healthy, uh, they can make a nice run. I hear what you're saying about Ignatius, and I hear what you're saying about losing to teams they shouldn't have lost to. But this is a different level. This is <laughs> yeah. Little Village and Lakeview. This is a really struggling Fenwick as a four seed. I mean, I, I don't know how. I mean, I don't want to jinx. I think Fenwick's showing some signs of life. Yeah, that's what I mean. If problem, that, if that, yeah. but if that's your toughest road to get to a sectional <laughs> yeah. title, yeah. is a this team is with a pulse. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, so yeah. I'm gonna stick with St. Ignatius. <laughs> I'd almost give it a tie though between St. Ignatius and Lake Forest because they're gonna meet. I think they will meet in a super sectional, and um, I, I believe they meet right King and uh, Hold on, I've got it up. King and North Chicago. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I like Lake Forest Road too. So we'll just. Put it a tie, and they're both going to get to the super. <laughs> um, the seeds are out with the top four seeds. The favorites are the favorites to win the regional titles. What five seed or lower has the best chance to win a regional title? Prospect, Joliet West, Oak Park, and Evanston. Now, I'm going to go this – I mean, I'm going to support your Joliet West – answer from the last question and I'm going to go with them. I, I just think they lose that next game. I don't think they make a deep, deep run, but I think they win that five, four game in the regional. I thought they were under based on schedule strength, which I don't think coaches pay enough attention to when they see these teams, but I like Joliet West uh, to win that regional. My runner up pick would be prospect, but who you got? Uh, obviously, I, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go Joey West since I picked him for the other one. So I'm gonna go with Evanston. They're the five seed, and they get to play at home. They would have to beat uh, Glenbrook North or Taft, um, which is not that was a really close game uh, just a week ago. So that could go either way. So I think that's a pretty fortunate um, home matchup for Evanston. Uh, even though I, I think I ripped them on Twitter a little bit yesterday, said so it was Nutrier's uh, the worst loss anybody has in the top ten. But I, I think um, they'll find a way at home to either beat Glenbrook North or Taft. Yeah, I mean, I, I, mean, I all, all the, I mean, Prospect is a, a, another one of my choices just because they play, they would play Stevenson likely in a regional and they've already beaten them, uh, as a six seed. So that's, um, one to watch as well. The biggest breakout player this season, the Ruben twins are counting as one. <laughs> I just, <laughs> they are two different kids. But we, I'm I, I think it should be Miles, Joe, because Wes was getting a lot of uh, love. But anyway. yeah, yeah, uh, a complete unknown. Jonah Hinton from Naperville Central, 20 point per game score, just committed to a division, really good division two school. Really coming out of nowhere. Conrad Luzinski uh, from Bartlett, who just for listeners, I have a really big piece coming out on him, a uh, big feature story later this week. And uh, Shahid Salibo of, of Lane. Um, go ahead. I, I, I got a feeling of you picking, but go ahead. I've got to go with um the only kid on the list whose name I didn't know at the yeah. end of the season. So I'm going to go with Salebo, the sophomore at Lane. What What are his numbers? Do you know? I don't. Any, by chance? Yeah. He's um probably I, I would guess low teens. You know, when we put this together, I was going the Rubens, and I'm changing my answer to what you just said uh because I didn't know about him, and I'm a High school basketball, I just was not aware. Uh, I had not seen him play. Um, I, I thought the Rubens for a minute because having seen the Rubens play a lot 
and seeing how far they've come since June. Yeah, yeah. They they weren't exactly a, you know, it was a big deal, the Ruben brothers at Simeon. And then you watched them as juniors, and I, I certainly wasn't giving up on them because bigs develop at a slower pace a little later. But I was like, huh, okay, it's going to be a little bit, but they've impacted more than I thought. Uh, the most underrated player who impacts winning, but no one knows. So we're just kind of looking here for some really under the radar guys that are, are, are instrumental to the, their, their, in, their team success. And that's Michael Osei Bansu from Bolingbrook. All right. Uh, Tyler Fawcett from Wheaton Warrenville South. Those were my two picks. And then Mike went with, uh, Malik Jenkins and Julian Acosta. Um, and it, I, I guess you've, you gotta pick one. I don't, you know, I think Michael Osibansu was on my top 50 players. Really? Yeah. All right. To start the season. So maybe he's disqualified. Sorry, I should have mentioned that before we did the, I just realized that, cause I'd seen them last year and saw how good he was, uh, in the short season. And, you know, I liked my bigs, my rebounded bigs. Yeah. I think he was on there. I'm gonna go with, uh, Malik Jenkins. Uh, He's so good. He's a great shot blocker. He started hitting three. He was like five of six from three or something against Whitney Young in that game. Uh, I, I think he does a lot more for he, – he's just that rim protector presence, and he can score. And I think that's really under – he's really flown under the radar this season. Who do they have in the postseason? I, Hyde Park. Yeah. What, what, I, I, I was just curious because that, that, that team's are, got a lot of – yeah, they, it would be Mount Carmel they would okay. eventually face. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with Jose Bonsu for this reason. I don't think, other than you and I, I, I don't think hardly any high school basketball <laughs> yeah. fans of Chicago area know him. And if anybody has seen him, he's a different type of player. I, I just got the numbers from uh, Rob Bros today. That's why he intrigued me. He has like 13 or 14 points and 11 rebounds a game. And... Bolingbrook's Bolingbrook. They're they're a program that's always in the headlines over the years. Yet this year, kind of flying a little bit under the radar, even though they've been ranked. We haven't talked a ton about them. They don't have a ton of these big opportunities to showcase themselves, and um, so I just think what he does for that team and the physicality he plays with, and the toughness and the strength. I, he is a finisher around the rim. Uh, he's undersized, big. He's just a fun player. So I'm, I'm going to keep him even though he was on your list. You know, he wasn't. I just looked. Um, he did not. Oh, good. So, so back good. on. And I think all he's right. the, he's the, probably the best of the, I mean, he, he's probably an all area player. He's close to it. I, I mean, I've I, thought that for a lot of the year. Um, all right. Down one, three seconds to play. Who do you want taking the shot? We've got a couple of juniors and a couple of seniors. Darren, and, it, and to be honest, this is my, this is my most difficult one I had to answer. And as I'm reading these names, I could even switch it. Darren Ames, uh, Data Ames at, at Kenwood, Camp Christie at Rolling Meadows, Nick Martinelli at Glenbrook South, and Jaden Shute, Yorkville Christian. And, you know, when I look at, you know, the arguably the most clutch player on this list, which would tend me to pick him as the guy to take the shot, to me, is Nick Martinelli. It's just, I, I, I just always want a guy 
who is comfortable with the ball on the perimeter, dependent on the type of shot, type of defense, all that thrown the equation. That's why I'm not taking Nick Martinelli. And so then I'm down to these guys. And I originally was going with Cam Christie just because of his length and size. and he could get the sheet. He's got a really good mid-range game. But I've changed it to Jaden Shute. <laughs> um, just because of, of, of one senior, two, that athleticism and get, he, can, he can get his shot whenever he wants. Now, whether it goes in, we gotta figure that out. But getting the shot is the, the most important thing. Being able to get separation, elevate, rise, get to the rim, or, you know, uh, if you need a three point shot. So Jaden shoots my answer. Yeah, not a bad choice on this list, but mine is a runaway pick for Martinelli. I think he's, um, I don't think he's got really received enough credit. I think he's a unique leader, and I think he's the reason that team, I mean, it's, it's kind of crazy. You know, they're the number two team in the area. They're, everybody knows the big wins they've got. They almost beat Glenbird West. And, buddy, when you look at the personnel compared to the teams around it in the rankings, I mean, there's something going on there. You know, there's something magical, and it's not all coaching. You know, Phil Ralston's a great coach, but the kids actually have to do it. And, and if you watch that team, Nick Martinelli, he's just he's a, a different kind of leader for a high school kid. And I, I don't, and you can't stop him from getting to the basket. I mean, Jack Leeson and I joke that we think his parents must have put like trash cans in front of the uh, uh, backboard and beaten him with uh, <laughs> brooms or something. On his, he just, it's unbelievable how he can get through anything. Um, well, he's just got a, he's got a savviness to him, a unique game. He's got a little floater that he scores against bigger players around the basket. Yeah, my only reason for not was just the, if I need a three-pointer, if I need a perimeter jumper, a perimeter shot, that is not quite that kid or that player for me. Um, the biggest story that developed during the 2021-22 season, Glenn Bard West, just full complete fandom that is – you know, kind of elevated uh, the high school basketball experience in the Chicago area. The lack of dominating individual play, schedules constantly in flux, seeming seemingly here to stay, and underclassmen who are just kind of far behind, likely due to COVID. What? And we've talked about. Uh, we've talked about every one of these on the podcast, I think. Well, maybe not the lack of dominating individual play. And by that, I just mean, I, I, I just, you know, Martinelli is, is the exception. Um, as far as high level, big time numbers. And even Martinelli is not, you know, but it seems that like we always had, I'm kind of going off a tangent here. We just always had guys that would, do you know what I mean? Like, in, in, whether it be in your notebook section or me tweeting or, Hey, so and so scored 42 or scored 35, 36, 34 in the last three games or, and it's just that that hasn't happened. You know, one kid that I think we would have gotten that from all year long took off on us, Cam Craft, uh, Buffalo Grove. He, he was wired to do that for sure. I think he would have, I think he would average 30 a game this year for Buffalo Grove and, and been the state's leading scorer. I really do. Uh, but back to the original question. Uh, I, I, I think I, I'm going to go with the one we talked about the most this year, and that's the Glenbard West fans. Uh, I, I think they have they've come out in droves. They, they've revved up and, and, and just done something at a, at a unique level 
from a program that hasn't been around. I mean, it's been around, but has not been at the forefront of high school basketball. And to see them react in a community the way they have in Glen Ellen, and you throw in the football school stuff, all of that, it's just been a special, unique season for that team and that community. And that's where I'm going to go with that story is the, as the biggest that's developed over the course of these last three months. Yeah, I don't think there's any question. I, I agree. Um, 100%. It's the, it's the story of the year. Um, I, I just, man, I, I really, you know, I'm not rooting for teams or whatever, but it would be so special to see that community in Champaign and it'd be such a great kickoff to, you know, this new format and the return to Champaign. It would just be phenomenal <laughs> if that can roll all the way through. But yeah, that's, I think by far uh, the biggest story of the season and a really special thing that we're lucky to have coming off such a horrible uh, run of two no playoff years. Yeah, if you saw Glenmore, I mean, if Glenmore West they reach it, that play normal, that crowd that night, that well, not not that night. See, that's I, I got to touch on that, Mike. You know how bummed <laughs> I am that the semifinals are at ten a.m. I, I it's not ideal. <laughs> it's, no, it's, it's a buzzkill, man. Yeah. I I just. I know I'm sounding whiny and I, I just love Friday night. I love the Friday night from historically. Everybody either gets down there Friday morning or races down there after work to see the, the semifinal game or the quarterfinal games back in the day on those Friday night games. And now I get to watch, well, I'm not going to watch them, but two consolation games. Yeah, I, it, it's, it's crazy. I, uh, I, why couldn't they have just, at least put, and I, you know, everybody knows it listens. I'm not the biggest one A two A basketball fan, and, and, and I, I shouldn't say that. I, I just, it's just not. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't get my juices flowing, and I, I don't. I mean, the experience isn't going to be anything different for them because Joe Hendrickson doesn't care to get into it that much. But I, I'm saying, even with that being said. I mean, do we have to have all four? I mean, you like the four state title games in one day, I take it. Yes. See, I, I, I've been fine with giving the 1A and 2A their, their, their day in, in the sun on Friday night and playing those championship games on Friday night, 1A, 2A, following, you know, just following up those 3A, 4A semifinals and playing the two championship games that night. Um. No? No, I mean, I, I'd be fine with, you're talking like in, so the second day. Yeah. Fr- Friday night. You, you, yeah. You that's this. totally fine with me. Yeah. I'd have no problem with that. I mean, is it just this whole, we got to have the four title games for a championship Saturday thing? I mean, that's what they want to probably. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I'd be okay with the, um, I mean, are, are all those one, a two, a fans going to just stick around all weekend? Yeah. I have no idea. I, I think. Basically, I think the whole deal here is there's it's all just about Saturday. Everybody's just coming Saturday. But I mean, for those but so those communities in one A and two A they come Thursday because it's most of the time it's a once in a lifetime chance to play, and then they drive home and then come back Saturday. I don't right. I don't know who comes. You don't think those little schools will come? Ten a.m. on Thursday. Thursday? Oh, that's true. That, that, even, that even makes this worse. 
I'm going to take away that, that opportunity. Ugh. I mean, depending on who it is, they might have to leave at like 6 a.m. <laughs> well, that, that's the other thing. If you're a 3A, 4A fan, let's just say you're the casual fan that goes every year. And I go 3A, 4A, a big school tournament. Well, I've got to go pretty much I got to go Thursday night now, no matter what. And because they start at breakfast on Friday. So you go Thursday night, and if you want to stick around, and you're just a big school fan, you go to those semifinal, and you're like me, or you're like, or you're like old man hoops report. My dad didn't care about one A or two A either. I he's not going to go down there and, and go to three A four A and then sit all day Friday night with nothing to do, and then all day Saturday nothing to do, and wait for the championship game Saturday night. It's just going to be interesting to to see. I I, I think it's all going to be fresh and new, so it's going to draw people. I think. As we just said, there's going to be a lot of fans based on the, the the schools that are going to be there. But I don't know if it's going to help draw the casual fan. And I think to your point, it's all going to be, oh, we'll go down for the day on Saturday. Yeah. And I don't – real quick, do you like them? I know you had to do something. My, my something is they changed the venues. They changed sites, locations, Peoria to Champaign. That was my, hey, that's good. Do you like the join together all four classes same weekend? Yes. I, I've i given up on anybody staying in a hotel. I did check on my favorite hotel down there, and it was 385 a night. So, so I did not reserve my room there. That's not ideal. You know, I, I think <laughs> this in this day and age, with all the competing interests out there in the world, I think you just got to shoot for the one big day. So you think the crowds suck on Thursday and Friday is what you're saying. Yeah. The times didn't help. I think maybe if you'd had the um, 3A and 4A semifinals on Friday night, you got you would have had a nice crowd. I mean, to me, that it's completely ridiculous to have these third-place games in the prime spots. No, like, okay. Like, why, why can't – I agree Like, who, that, yeah. who, who – why couldn't you play them the next morning? Why do they exist? They're well, messing everything up. See, I think you have to keep them, Mike. I definitely don't have to keep them. Where's the third yeah, place dude. football game? <laughs> four, four trophies for so many years. Keep the four trophies. But what they should have done years and years and years ago. This would have solved a lot of the problems of, of the Michael O'Brien issues. You only have a third place trophy. That's it. Just like the Olympics, you only get the third medal. I don't get it. Why does that... Because you gotta play for, you, you, you wanna play for something. Yeah. If you're playing a third or fourth place game and the only way you take one of those trophies back on your bus and you get to show it to all your fans in the pep rally back at home is if you win that third place game, you're, you're gonna be driven to play in that third place game. You are. I mean, they can get, I don't care. They can give whatever they, they the, but, in my no, experience, they were not driven. I'll never forget my formative high school third place moment. They did not care. Well, who cares? You get a third and a fourth place trophy, you get a trophy no matter what. They didn't care about either one. Wow. At that moment, because he lost, okay. But if you have a trophy to show for it down the road historically, that's pretty cool. And your little trophy case, and you get to, and it's it's good. But they, they can go enjoy that game at Champaign Central High School, but, out of our way. <laughs> but regardless, who made a decision that? Oh yeah, this would be a good schedule. Like I, you don't bounce it off some people, and somebody in the room says. Hey, hold on. I, I I think we could come up with a better plan here. No? Uh, yeah, I don't understand. I'm hoping that 
what it does is when they see who's there, there's they'll they'll be like, why are we? The third place games have had people there because the title games were after them. Oh right, so I'm saying yeah. So, I mean, so without the title games after them, who's going to this? But if you played the the, the third place games. Because they're Friday night, the one A two A are Friday night, right? No, it's the right? um three A four A are Friday night. Three A four A, yeah, yeah. But uh, you have to rearrange everything, so whatever. I'm going on a rabbit hole. Anyway, um, yeah, that's it. We got Simeon Glenbard West coming up Friday. Got to pick. I'm gonna go Glenbard West by eight. Ooh, no, I'm not picking it. Okay. No picks. I'm uh, picks are. I just get people in my case. It's not worth it. Um, and I have rankings out there, so it's pretty clear who I have ranked higher. Yeah. But, I, I I I think. It, I don't know. I, I don't like the matchup at all for Simeon. I I don't. But little guards don't shoot the three well. That could be rough. So I, it, I think it'll be. Uh, I think in a lot of ways, Simeon losing to Curie has, um, will have lit a large fire. Could be, yep. Under them for this one. I think that was, for this game, an ideal <laughs> ending, um, for Robertson. That, that game, that, uh, you wouldn't think based on rankings and records and everything that Simeon losing to Curie, Curie would, 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 I don't want to say shock me, but I, I was really, really surprised at that result. It, you know, they just looked, you know, Robert Smith sends me the, um, final score and like the leading scores. You guys have probably seen me tweet it out every night when they play. Um, and sometimes during the season, he has also texted, we played bad. <laughs> and it's happened like five or six times. And I didn't think anything of it. And I had never seen Simeon play bad this season. Um, which is one of the reasons I had such a high opinion of it. They'd been pretty darn good almost every time I'd seen them. But I think what we saw was one of those nights where <laughs> that, that Rob said we played bad because that team was lifeless. It, it was bad. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what, and it's just that, that beating a team three times is yeah. twice as hard, but three times. I mean, goodness. Chikasi uh, Afoma, boy, he uh, he was honest after the game. He he had. I'd, I'd wondered if it was you know he practiced with Simeon. He was at Simeon before and, you know, you know, kids leave high schools for various reasons, blah, blah. And he, he was brutally honest in the press conference after the game. He said, yeah, it playing against my old teammates. I just wasn't, my head wasn't in the right spot. Those first two games, it took me literally two games to finally get okay with it. Cause he was the difference um, for sure. Cause he just did not show up in those first two games against Simeon yeah. at all. Um, all right. Uh, it's actually, uh, I, let's hit the other big game before we go. Thornton Kenwood. Uh, I, I know Kenwood law. It's been a little bit of a roller coaster with Kenwood. I don't have any less of a, a positive impression on Kenwood just because that Hillcrest game is so still so close to the date here that, that we're playing this one. But, um, I, I agree with what you've said in the past about Thornton being a really dangerous team in the South suburbs with Ty Rogers. I, I, I think that is a, a team to keep an eye on uh, that could put a, a dent into somebody's 
plan of, of a deep run, uh, as a, what, what seed are they? Three? Four? I don't know. But, no, it, I, I mean, I just think Kenway's gonna have more, too much firepower. Um, and I, I just, you know, I, I, I wasn't stunned that Young beat Kenwood. I, like I was as, I was Simeonic Curie, but, um, should be good, but I, I like Kenwood. It's at Kenwood. That's gonna be a tough environment for Thornton. I do think it does provide a stage for Ty Rogers to make a player of the year run. Very late yeah. player of the year run. I think that's kind of maybe the most, for me, the most notable thing about that game since it won't impact seeds or anything else. It, and Ty Rogers, he needed that. You know, he needs it. He just, the, the other players have had much bigger stages, you know, and chances to impress. So he just hasn't had that. So that's going to be real valuable for him because he's definitely one to watch. Little right. mean, mean streets, oh, fire, yeah. <laughs> that's gonna uh, be a... sidebar. <laughs> that is going to be tie streets and Mike Irvin going at it. That is going to be a real fun one for sure. How many technical <laughs> fouls do you think we're going to get now? At least there's going to be at least two. Is my uh... <laughs> oh Chris, oh Chris heads on the game. Yeah, I think he will be based on he's been doing all the biggest ones. You know, he made a really controversial call in uh, <laughs> that young game. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week.